Tomorrow. Welcome to the Dating Game, ladies and gentlemen. I am Deuce Dangle. And did you know that a recent study found that the number one thing women are looking for in a relationship is, that's right, you guessed it, it's love. Yes, it's true, and men are usually looking for, you guessed that too, food and an exciting night of gaming. Anyway, let's meet our lucky bachelors tonight. Bachelor number one is traveling salesman on a quest to find the perfect woman. He enjoys crawfishing long walks at the riverbed at night and lives at home with his parents. Tonight, let's meet Valentino. Valentino, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me today. All right, Valentino, are you ready to answer some questions for our beautiful bachelorettes? I'm, I'm so excited to stun them out of their shoes. Wonderful. Bachelor number two works at SpaceX, where engineers create rockets and technology is paramount. He prides himself in being the chief custodial officer and fills in once in a while for the barista at times. He says he has no need for a car as he has a beach cruiser he's been using as transportation since he was in high school. Meet Bobby Ray Farmer. Bobby Ray, how are you? I reckon I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Bachelor number three is proud to be an entrepreneur working for his own company. He claims to be the first one to invent online swap meets. He attends adult birthday parties dressed as Eric Estrada. Meet Hank Jennings. Hank, how are you? I'm damn great today, and it's great to be here. Hopefully, I get a lucky lady and make her my bride. I also want to congratulate my two contestant friends. Hello, fellas, but I'm going to beat the pants out of you, and I will probably take my date to bed faster than you guys can put underwear on. We have some beautiful bachelorettes. Meet Sue and Zuki. What are you gals looking for in a bachelor? I want a guy like super buff and like tan and macho and lots of tattoos. Boss, tan, macho, and tons of tattoos. And Miss Zuki. Well, I'm just so thankful to be here tonight because I'm hoping to to find the one that can touch all my chakras and just set me right. Ooh, and touching chakras is our specialty here on the show. Well, we have these bachelors, and uh, you guys are going to be asking them two questions each. And at the end, you guys are going to choose a lucky gentleman to go out on a night with a special prize brought to you by our sponsors. Sue, go ahead and take it away. Bachelor number one, what has been your favorite thing that your other partner has put in your mouth? Well, I'll take that one. This is Valentino, and the favorite thing that gets put into my mouth is probably one of those nice, long chocolate bananas that we could split together, you know? And I like having the extra chocolate falling off either sides. It's, that's probably my favorite thing. Number two, same question. What is your favorite thing that your partner has put in your mouth? Well, you know, we're from the South and we eat literally everything from hay to freaking ham. And we, you know, we make our own ham from, you know, our pet, I had my pet dog, my pet pig, uh, Porky the other day and named a Porky on purpose. Cause you know, we knew we were going to eat them on Thursday. We bought them on like Monday, but you know, we eating Porky, we ate our horse, Billy, you know, literally pretty much everything when it comes to the South, that and corn on the cob. I love corn. Bachelor number three, same question for you. I would have to say, uh, my uh, dear Luscious Jackson, that would be the vajaji, uh, because uh, uh, a tasty vajaji can go a long way, if you know what I'm saying. Miss Zuki, <laughs> what about you and your question for all three bachelors? I would like for each one of the bachelors to please pretend that you're a fruit 
and then I want you to tell me what kind of fruit you are, and then tell me about what's the best part of being that fruit. Bachelor number one. If I could pretend to be any fruit, it would have to be a pineapple. Spiky on the outside and nice and sour on the inside, for sure. Bachelor number two. Well, we have, like I said, we're out from the south, just in case you don't remember from me telling you earlier, because I tend to babble and I just keep going and going and going, you know. But uh, maybe like maybe an apple. I'm really a hard shell person on the outside, but on the inside, like, uh, what's that word? Delicious or something like that. Like, everybody wants to try me, I guess. Well, at least uh, in the family, right? Okay, everybody wants to try me, too. Bachelor number three. I would have to say I am like kiwi. Kind of smooth and round. Kind of peach fuzzy to the touch. But once you bite into my juice, baby, there is no other delicacy. On the rocks or straight up, baby, my fruit is that of a kiwi. <laughs> you can That's jump right, into baby. my glass anytime. Oh, baby, and a nice spritzer, huh, baby? I love a good kiwi spritzer in the face, mama. A little wetness never hurt nobody. Miss Sue, your second question for all three bachelors. If you could pick an amusement park to abandon me at, which one would it be? You know, Sue, I the amusement park would be my amusement park, girlfriend. My rides go on all day, all night, baby. Let's go. Bachelor number two, same question. I could never afford anything of those amusing me in the park thingies you're talking about. So you probably have to be the county fair because you pretty much do your own thing there. And like I said earlier with Porky, you can uh, take home some souvenirs that end up being dinner. So it's pretty cool either way for you. Bachelor number three, same question. I would take you to Nutsberry Farm because once you ride me, baby, there is no other ride you want to ride, baby. As a matter of fact, I will go all the way back to Disneyland and give you an e-ticket for ecstasy, baby. Come on down to Nutsberry Farm and ride it, baby. Ride, cowgirl, ride. Yee-haw, doggy. All right, the two lucky bachelorettes, Sue and Zuki, are going to make their decision on who they want to choose. The lucky winner will delight themselves in a wonderful package vacation brought to you by our special sponsor. So, Sue, who do you choose to take on vacation? Bachelor number one. Will it be bachelor number two or will it be bachelor number three? I think I'm going to choose, like, number two, because that's, like, my lucky number. Also, I'm, like, a veganism, like, advocate, and, like, Porky deserves to live. So I feel like I could change your life, sweetheart. Well, I reckon uh, that's pretty freaking cool if you ask me. But uh, Pork I'm sorry, sweetie. Porky's dead. I ate him before I came here. But I got some more at home. I got Pinky and Jerry and Billy Jr., and Stephanie. Miss Zuki, who do you choose to take your vacation time with? Will it be bachelor number one, bachelor number two, or bachelor number three? Well, I guess since we already started planning the bar menu, it's going to have to be bachelor number three. 
Bachelor number three yeah. it is. And just to let you, <laughs> ladies you. and gentlemen, know the grand prize is a weekend getaway at the Los Angeles Crystal Hotel and Casino. That's right. Enjoy all the amenities of this grand resort near Compton. And enjoy dinner at the world-famous Watts Burgers in the city of Watts. Ooh, I love that. Hey, you think I could get a free eight ball for me and my lady? From there, you will travel to, be- to beautiful Venice Beach and enjoy some boardwalk strolling, ending the night on the casino floor playing some blackjack. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on The Dating Game. All right, all you cats and kitties, welcome back to Back to the 80s, hosted by the ever so gracious and the ever so sophisticated yet handsome comedic duel of Toscano and Chang. Mm-hmm. I am the Chang. I am joined by my favorite Italian beside Chef Boyardee. Mm-hmm. Everybody give a round of applause and a warm <laughs> welcome to the most macho Italian Mexican guy that I have ever met in my entire life. Toscano? Well, thank right. you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's You're right. too kind. Can we, can we get a little bit louder? Can you, you people. I mean, that's right. You know, Toscano really angers me. We have our audience in here and, and we give them snacks <laughs> right. and beverages. And yeah. sometimes they just don't bring the energy. Sometimes they don't, you know, like they should be on command. When I say applause, they should yes. applaud, right? Uh, let's see. And applause. if I say, damn it, louder. <laughs> yes, right. And that's how it should be. <laughs> oh, yes. I'll give them a round of applause. Now, Toscano, tonight we are going to go Imanu to Imanu once again. But then again, this is what makes radio fun. Today, I chose alternative because it's um, it's a genre that although I did listen to it quite a bit when I was a kid, it's it's still it was ahead of its time. And then it lost some ground at some point during the 90s, because in the 90s, everything went down the drain at some point. Did you, yeah. did you notice that everything went down the drain in the 90s? Pretty much when well, it came to I blame pretty metal. Well, yeah, I, I guess you can. But I. You know what? I and just MTV. blame society. Yeah, I blame MTV. Uh, I blame, I, I even blame to a certain degree the way they wanted to reinvent the wheel with rock when they went into grunge and they wanted to do something that ended up being nothing and then it ended up dying off. And then what came out of that? You know what, bro? Uh, I hear where you're coming from, but I actually have to say, I think grunge was a rebirth of, uh, Rock and roll, uh, hard rock as we knew it. Uh, like I just stated, I blame MTV. Uh, short birth. And uh, their pop shenanigans. And Oh, but you can't I blame bo- them that much. Well, they actually did. You, you remember, remember you always say, what was it? Video, video killed the radio star, right? right? Just like the song right. that you love from the Buggles. Right. However, I mean, come on. 
there are so many bands that got more attention because of MTV during the only 10 years that I liked it. They would have not even have been heard if it wasn't for MTV. Now, do you now on on, uh, on my defense here? I think uh, bands got played and got a lot of airplay because they looked good. Everybody started performing for a camera or an audience or a Super Bowl halftime show uh, rather than uh, the original feeling and the emotion of the music itself. And yes, I did say I blame MTV because they polished it up. Everybody had to look pretty. But then again, the music business went ahead and rode in on the coattails of MTV and made the music business everything that it should not be. Pretentious, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, for the for the eye only. What kind of satisfaction do we get with the eye? We can get more listeners and more viewers with eye content than we do with talent. Therefore, I think grunge uh, kind of was... Uh, that illegitimate child uh, that a teenage mother would have uh, to rock and roll. Grunge came out and it kicked rock and roll in the ass. I also blame pretty metal, you know, uh, bands like Poison and Winger and Motley Crue, especially after Motley Crue went through some uh, really bad times where they got uh, typical rock stars. They got loaded. Vince Neil went out, got hammered. Killed the guy from Hanoi Rocks while driving. Right, right. Uh, you, you know, it got really watered down, really sugar-coated. Everybody went pretty. Everybody was going for the flowing hair. Everybody was going for uh, the spandex and, and, and just the look. The essence of the music was dying. So I have to disagree with you and say grunge gave that music rebirth. And then also we had great bands that came on uh, in – in in the grunge, we had bands like Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. Uh, we had individuals like Kenny Wayne Shepherd, who who came out of the wings of uh, Steve Ray Vaughan. So I kind of think uh, grunge did rebirth music and kind of uh, brought it to another another forefront. I think it and brought it, it to its up knees. The door for a lot of uh, uh, other bands that I think are really good. I think it killed there, it. I said. It. I think it killed it. And you're right. Oh. In a, in a sense of the, the, the pretty and the glam metal and all that, you're right because, uh, you know, they wanted to cater to a different audience because remember, metal used to cater generally as a rule of thumb. All right. You know, nobody said, okay, metal is only for guys, but right. uh, the majority of the portion of the people that went to metal concerts and listened to metal, the majority were not women. They were guys back then. Of course, the women started coming. That's, it's, it's obvious. But then MTV, the record boys. labels, they wanted, yeah, they wanted bad boys and they gave them the pretty boys, right? Mm -hmm. And whether you like them or not, hey. a lot of it wasn't even the idea of the bands. You gotta, you gotta remember, I remember in an interview, uh, and this is not from a, a pretty boy band. This is Journey. I remember hearing Steve, Steve Perry saying he hated doing music videos. He absolutely hated it. Uh, but that was part of the contract. They had to do it. They had no choice. And a lot of these other bands, you know, I don't know what happened behind the scenes. I can sure tell you this, though, that any band that, that made it during that 10-year time, right, of the 80s, they sure made a whole heck of a lot of them, a lot of money. And they sure, oh, yeah. and they got that other part that was missing, which was the females back then, mm -hmm. right? Now, you may have hated it. I certainly wasn't, 
in love with that whole movement. You know, I, I hated the fact that they had to wear makeup and they they wore all these. I mean, to me, they was just clothes. You didn't, why would you wear those clothes? Especially right. the Poison album cover where they're all wearing. They all look like women back then. Yeah. That was ridiculous to me. Now, I do, I do like Poison. I do like some of their songs. But then I think that that was a big part of why music started, that type of music started dying off. And then, of mm-hmm. course, something has to come up from that, from the ashes, right? Mm-hmm. Something has to come up. And here comes grunge and in, in a few of the bands. But where are they now? I wanted to take a moment and remind you guys that during the program for today, you're going to hear the intros of music. If you're hearing us on khits925.com, you're going to hear the music in its entirety. So uh, I, I do want to thank you guys for listening to us in all the podcast platforms. But if you do want to give us a listen, you want to listen to the songs in their entirety, go ahead and tune into khits925.com and just click on play. The website's not finished yet, but at least the player is there. And I, I do want to encourage you guys to you know, pay us a visit if you want to listen to the music in its entirety. However, the only caveat is this, that the program of Back to the 80s radio that you can hear anytime after Friday, any time of the day, as long as you go to your favorite podcast platform uh, on K-Hits, it's only from 7 p.m. on. After 7 p.m., you can hear the program. That's 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So keep that in mind at 7 p.m. is where you when you can hear it on K-Hits 92.5. Also, I do want to take some time, Chank, because we need to give shout outs. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a few people I want to give a shout out, especially uh, some of the people that uh, listen to the program from Twitter. For example, at Rotten Pop, I want to give you a very, very special shout out. A special shout out to Lori Miller from Expose. That's right. You heard me right. Lori Miller from the original Expose. Thank you for giving us some, some pretty cool dance music there. Also, a big shout out to Jen from The Good Pods. Jen from The Good Pods uh, wrote to me this week and uh, letting me know that we are part of their network as we are part of Apple Podcast Network as well. It's nice to be on an additional network. And last but not least for today, I want to give a very special shout out to the man, the myth, and the legend beside Chang, one of Chang's iconic idols, Mr. Rob Halford himself. Our hats off to you, Rob. Thank you for the music you have brought and continue to bring to our generations. I want to give a shout out to all our uh, armed forces out there, all our first responders. You know who you are. I also want to give a shout out to uh, all you male people out there, you male carriers uh, through whatever weather, whatever hassle. You always make sure that mail gets out and a happy holidays to all of you out there in uh, the United States and all the other regions that listen to us. And a special shout out to anybody right now wearing one sock that does not (laughs) match with the other. You know who you are. I want to not forget the countries that listen to us that are making Back to the 80s radio show really, really big and popular. And especially the UK, every country that makes up the UK, Germany, Australia, South America, Central America, Mexico, Canada, and all the countries in the Middle East. Believe it or not, there's so many countries in the Middle East that listen to us. Europe, you know, we love you guys. So we hope to see you real soon. And 
We hope to uh, be able to visit some of your pubs one of these days really, really soon. Big announcement. Today we have a very special guest that we're interviewing. That, that is from the band from the 80s, Bad Attitude. So you want to stick around because Brian Curtis from Bad Attitude is going to be interviewed by the wondrous Toscano and Chang. Or more wondrous Chang and then followed by Toscano. So <laughs> uh, stick around because Back to the 80s Radio will be right back where we can argue some more it with certainly a is a big bun it's a very big bun big fluffy bun it's a very big fluffy bun where's the beef some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun where's the beef at wendy's we serve a hamburger we modestly call a single and wendy's single has more beef than the whopper or big mac at wendy's you get more beef and less bun hey where's the beef I don't think there's anybody back there. You want something better. You're Wendy's kind of people. Commercials, bad. Music, good. Now, with zero commercials. Please help support and send your donation today. We are going back to the 80s. Back to the 80s. This is Toscano from Toscano and Chang uh, reminding you guys, if you just joined us today, we are going to be talking about some of the bands that made the 80s great. In particular, I am going to be talking about the alternative rock genre. Good old Chang is going to be talking about his favorite genre. But also, if you do hear the songs that cut off, if you're listening to us through a, a podcast platform, remember that's on purpose. If you want to listen to the song in its entirety, you have to go to khits925.com listen to us that way or you can always go to our facebook page find our link there just click on it. it's a lot easier take us wherever you go you can take k hits 92.5 wherever you go and listen to the absolute most enormous playlist of 80s music that's right see the majority of radio stations fm radio stations here in the united states they do have catalogs with over 10,000 songs but do you ever hear 10,000 songs on the radio no you, you hear a rotation of about 60 songs that play the same the entire day. And they click on a little... That's why little, FM radio sucks. Yeah, they click on a little button that says shuffle, and it shuffles those same 60 songs over and over the entire day. Not for weeks, for months. And some stations here in L.A., won't mention who care, uh, will play the same exact songs for years. To, to the point where people go, really? Uh, that band had more than one song? Yes, it did. Well, speaking of crap, it didn't start off as crap, but the oh, very crap. famous, the very famous KROQ FM in Los Angeles and WDRE FM in New York, they were playing music from underground, independent, non-commercial rock artists, often referred to as alternative rock. It was a category of rock music that it emerged from independent underground music from the late 70s. And it started becoming very, very popular in the 80s, thanks to radio stations such as KROQ, WDRE in New York. When these stations actually played music, I mean, you wanted to hear something different, you'd go to one of these stations, you'd hear something very, very obscure. You know, you, you would go to, I remember I used to listen to K-Rock so much in the very early 80s because halfway down the 80s something happened to K-Rock as well yeah they, and, they became crap too and they became oh my god and today do you know of any radio station that you would compare in its richness in its entertainment and its playlist to something of that of the 80s because I don't know of one you know what bro seeing that I reside out here in, in California I'm not going to disclose exactly where I live but uh, there are four epic rock radio stations that I listen to 
uh, daily. And uh, these four stations kind of take me back to the days of KMET, uh, KNAC, K-West, and old KLOS. But uh, uh, I, I do have to say they do play some uh, riveting music of the past. They play some ass-kicking news stuff. So I got to give uh, the radio stations that I listen to daily out here, I got to give them uh, five thumbs up, even though I only have two hands. Unfortunately, my beloved home in Los Angeles, California, I see radio as, as done, as a, a done deal. When I am in Southern California, I, it's funny because I miss, I miss my hometown. But I miss, when I am out there, I miss the radio stations that I listen to out here uh, where I reside now. It's odd, isn't that? Very. But it's that vibe. It's that, uh, it's that, uh, that electrical charge that radio kind of uh, hits my circuit board with. So I kind of long for that wherever it's coming from. Let me kick this whole alternative genre off because 1983 produced the fifth album of this. What a great year. Of, of this. It was, it was a good year. This was wow. the fifth and final studio album by this English rock band that was often referred to as soft rock. It was referred to as alternative. And it was also referred to as post-punk and new wave. So call them what you want. The Police oh, album, with the Synchronicity band. album. This song, the Synchronicity won on their very first song from their album, Synchronicity. This is The Police. You are back with Back to the 80s. This is Chang of Toscano and Chang. Tonight we are diving headfirst into some of uh, Toscano and I's uh, favorite groups of uh, different genres of uh, a time and a place in radio history in the 80s. That was The Police with Synchronicity off the self-titled album. A great three-piece band. I mean, uh, those guys just, there was so much jazz influence in that band. I thought they were... Uh, I thought they were a band that was ahead of their time. I think that's probably why they were sh so short-lived. Such uh, tremendous talent with the three of them, uh, with Andy Summers and Sting. Oh, my God. Uh, they were just insane. And I remember catching them uh, in Hollywood Park for a small uh, gig that they did there. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, oddly enough, a, a good friend of mine met Stuart Copeland, the drummer of that band, on several occasions and said the guy is just like uh, talking to your next door neighbor. But the one thing he did notice, he couldn't keep his hands still. Right. So it always seemed like he was always <laughs> tapping on the drums. This album was great because it included hit singles like Every Breath You Take. That was in that album. Mm. King of Pain and Wrapped Around Your Finger and Synchronicity 2 is all on this. They were nominated for a total of five awards, including Album of the Year. They won three of those awards in 1984 Grammy Awards. So that is my first choice, my friend, the synchronicity from The Police. Well, I'm going to have to hit you with, uh, of course, my favorite, metal. I love the metal. And uh, I'm not going to give you uh, my most favorite band in any order. I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and skim over some of my favorite bands of the 1980s. And uh, I've got to I got to give it to you to this band right here, another band out of England. Uh, I thought one of the greatest, most powerful bands beside Judas Priest, uh, and that band would be Iron Maiden. Now Iron Maiden went through some transition uh, early in the eighties. Uh, they uh, uh, gave uh, the boot to their uh, original lead singer yeah. Paul Diano, 
and they uh, hired up the great talent, as in everyone knows, Bruce Dickinson, who also is a pilot and flies them around in their own jet. That's correct. I think Maiden kind of was like a touch of punk, a touch of uh, hardcore riveting metal, but it did have a lot of, uh, I'd say, encyclopedia knowledge. A lot of their songs had to do with uh, ancient history. Uh, and I always was very intrigued with that uh, style of writing uh, that Steve Harris uh, would come up with. Some of the the artwork uh, is is probably scary to a guy like you. You would think it's satanic because it's Eddie who is a corpse. It was, and I did when guy. I was a kid. Absolutely, especially when they used to say, "Oh, my favorite part of the concert is going to see Eddie." Oh, and, Eddie uh, lives, bro. Yeah, that's a little bit too. This was me back then, before I actually knew anything about it. Too much for me. No thanks. And I'm going to have to say one of my favorite albums of theirs back in the 80s is probably Run to the Hills, a, a, a dual guitar band, uh, heavy on the bass. Uh, Stevie Harris played that bass almost like it was a guitar, it's like playing lead guitar. The band has gone through so many changes. They now have three guitar players. I don't really understand why. I really don't think they need that many. I think they could carry the chord is if they just went with their original lineup. Also, they, they got a new drummer in, uh, Nickel McBrain. He uh, he joined the band after uh, their uh, other drummer had uh, some drug problems and then later on uh, joined a band called Trust. So I'm going to have to say, off of that album coming up next, and the song we are going to play is 22 Akeisha Avenue. So all you street walkers and ladies of the evening, Get your pumps on because it's about to get really rocked up on the legendary home of all 80s music. K-Hits 92.5. If you're feeling down, depressed and lonely, I know a place where we can go. All right, cats and kitties, you are back once again with Toscano and Chang, and we are feeling Toasty and warm. Are we not Toscano on this chilly evening we in sure, California? We sure are, my friend. I'm wearing my beanie and everything, staying nice and toasty in my little studio room here. It's going to be great because I also want to keep reminding you guys, if you just joined us, we are talking about alternative and metal. And we're naming off a few of the bands that made our personal list of great songs from that era. Quick reminder, further on during the show, we're going to be interviewing Brian Curtis, of bad attitude so you don't want to miss that stick around what was one of your favorite maiden songs or do you even have a favorite i do i actually i actually like run to the hills i mean i love the melody i love the beat well you you know it's a true story it's a political statement against uh, the genocide of uh, my fellow native american ancestors uh and how we were genocided pretty much out of the United States and out of California. I did not know uh, that, actually. <laughs> uh, yes, as a matter of fact. Uh, also, there's another song that I'm going to bring out later that speaks of that for another band. But uh, we'll wait until it's my turn to capture <laughs> the ears of the listeners with the metal gods. Well, coming up next is a band that once again fell into the... At the end of the era of, I want to say, punk, and it was referred to as folk pop. It was referred to as alternative, of course. And it was also referred to as new wave. Now, this mm. following band still plays today, still fills uh, some pretty decent-sized stadiums, mm. and came up with their single 
from the album The Head on the Door by a band that our dear and most infamous Chang just cannot get enough of. He has oh, their I entire cure. He has their entire collection. And when I say that this is close to me from the cure, Chang is just smiling. This is Back to the 80s Radio. Here's the cure with close to me. <laughs> God, I hate that band. That band sucks. <laughs> Back to the 80s radio, Close to Me by The Cure. It was a song by the English rock band, of course, The Cure, that was released September 1985 as their second and final single from their sixth album, The Head on the Door. Now, this wasn't particularly my favorite album from them. My favorite album was, of course, where they came up with their very nostalgic uh, and very, very played-to-death songs, like Why Can't I Be You and uh, Just Like Heaven. The Cure was, I, and I told you this before, it was the very first band that I saw in concert at the Los Angeles Forum in mm. 1987. Now, everything about that band makes my <laughs> ears vomit for some unknown reason. I mean, the cure, really? They, they, they don't cure me of anything. If anything, they get me sick. <laughs> it, you want to know? He it, looks like the, he, the character from Saul. I would have to agree. He may have a strong resemblance to the little puppet from Saw. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. However, bro, in, you you cannot deny this. The guy can still sing. He hasn't lost his voice. He can play. And that, to me, just it just speaks volumes. But uh, as long as he can sing and reach those notes, hey, I'm all for it. Mm. Okay, oddly enough, I really didn't consider what he does singing. I consider it crying and whining. You know what? I mean, if I want to go see take, a whining I band, I go take, see The Cure. I'm going to take you to front row to see The Cure. When we come out of that concert, I'm going to buy you The Cure shirt. I'm going to take you some pictures and post them all over Facebook. When I get carried out by the police for ye yelling vulgarities at Robert <laughs> Smith, yes, then you'll see... The true essence of what I think about that. Either way, I, I, you're going to have to like uh, give me some uh, Bill Cosby drugs to drag my ass to go see that band anywhere. I wouldn't go see that band if we went to see them at the Santa Fe Spring Swap. That's <laughs> well, see, what I think here's the difference. I am one who enjoys all kinds of music in their totality, except for one particular genre that we won't go into right now because I just can't see yeah, certain certain genres I can't take. But anyway, and you, my friend, are, are a dick hater. Yes. As, as a matter of fact, when it comes to the cure, I am king dick hater. I just hate that band. OK, what about if I said Depeche Mode? Hate them. OK, see, so you, you hate more than <laughs> Now I've got another classic please, uh, metal please, please don't say rush. band that okay, I loved back in the eighties. Now this is a band that I only cared for their EP, Get Your Guns, and their very first studio album. Now this band, you've heard me say it on many occasions, are the Godfathers of Pretty Metal, and yeah. uh, the lead singer. I've made so much fun of Vince uh, McMeal uh, through the <laughs> shows that we've. Uh, been doing here at Back to the 80s. But I have to give it up to Motley Crue with the Live Wire album. I think that was their best album. Pretty hard rocking, pretty loud, pretty chaotic. So uh, you I mean to were... tell me that you didn't enjoy them when they sang 
Dr. Feelgood and Girls, Girls, Girls. No. No, no, not at all. No, not at all. You know, Come there's on. many reasons. Come no, on. No, there's many reasons. Many reasons because <sighs> uh, it it was it was. Uh, I'm gonna go on. A, I'm gonna go on a limb and say this. It was girl rock, chick rock. Oh my and, god! And now the now the Chang did love the ma- the metal chicks. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah. I had my share of those metal chicks because I was truly the bad boy. I it was, was never the pretty boy. It was rock. You got to admit it. It was rock. It wasn't your rock, but it was rock, and it was hard rock. It was rock, and it was good. I, I'm rock. Not arguing the fact. It was good right. rock. It was just. It was just not a rock band that I particularly decided to go continue to see or put posters of a murderer in my bedroom. Oh, no, I would never put posters of them, but I still enjoyed their music. But uh, the song that I'm going to uh, encourage all my Chanksters gangsters out there listening to us here at K-Hits 92.5, this is off the self-titled album Live Wire, and this is one of Motley Crue's best tracks in the 80s i'm giving it to you straight i want toscano to stop and listen to this home sweet home. and uh and then coming up after that i've got some rush but everybody put your ears put your ears to the gears and toscano can kiss my rears here is motley crew with live wire and you are with toscano at chang at back to the 80s radio Welcome back to Back to the 80s. That was Motley Crue with Live Wire off of their self-entitled album back in 1982. Now, Toscano, in 82, you were only 10 years old. That is correct. That's and right. I was already. You were well seasoned, my friend, in many of the I arts. I think probably my hair was longer than the height you stood if probably. you were only 11 or 12 back then. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Thanks for joining us here on Back to the 80s Radio. We are uh, here every single Friday for our enjoyment and yours. We thank you guys for taking your time and time out of your day to listen to us in our zaniness and our wackiness. And remember that we do this because we love the 80s. We love everything that came out of the 80s, except for Richard Ramirez. And uh, other than that, uh, oh, yeah, and and Chang, of course, may not like uh, the refrigerator Perry. But aside from that... Aside from that, um, this is uh, the the greatest 80s show extravaganza the world has right. ever heard after ever. the 80s. Ever. So, and we're and here. If you also- come and tell us that you've heard better than uh, me and Toscano are going to be driving to your house and whooping some ass. That's you correct. You guys know who you are with those thumbs down. <laughs> hey, you know what? Speaking of thumbs down, I want to give a special shout out to every listener on Pandora because. You guys on Pandora have made us our biggest percentage from any platform that plays podcasts. So you guys are incredible. So we want to give you guys a very special shout out. And we want to return the favor for all those guys and gals giving us a special thumbs down. We want to return that favor. So and here it is. Put put that where you best... <laughs> You best know it goes. But thank you guys for listening to us. Thumbs up, thumbs down. We love you anyway. Hey, sign language. Yes. Next group on my list Mm, is a band. Is a band that, you know what? You're going to like this group. But at one point, at one point in the 80s, particularly in 1987, they were named biggest band 
on Earth as well. And that's men not, without hats. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can definitely say this band is alternative rock, post punk, but this was an American rock band, which first appeared on their 1987 album Document, and it was released as the album's second single in November 1987, reaching number 69 in the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. But this song was my favorite from this band. The band had three letters, R-E-M. And it's the end of the world as we know it. And you know what? And I feel fine. This is back to the 80s. That's great. It starts with an earthquake. Birds and You are listening to Back to the 80s Radio. That was R.E.M. It's the end of the world as we know it. And of course, we all feel fine. The track was known for a quick flying stream of consciousness rant. Lead singer Michael Stipe claimed that the LB references came from a dream that he had when he found himself in a party surrounded by famous people, all who shared those initials. So there's a point in the song where he starts mentioning uh, a bunch of people with the initials. LB, Leonard Bernstein, mm-hmm. Leonid Breshev, and Lenny Bruce, etc. And it's all because of a dream he had. Wow. I think, personally, this is a band you like. I don't know. I get that feeling. No, that uh, you uh, you are correct. That is one band that I did like. Uh, I thought Michael was an excellent songwriter and an excellent uh, uh, vocalist. I also thought uh, uh, the guitar player, I, his name escapes me at the present moment, but my God, that guy could play just about anything. Uh, the mandolin, uh, the ukulele. I mean, there's so many different uh, strings that he brought into the band and some of their recordings. I mean, mind-blowing. Very similar to uh, Tom Petty's uh, guitar player, another individual that I thought was mind-blowing. As a matter of fact, I think <laughs> I think Tom Petty's guitar player and R.E.M.'s guitar player are the same guy, or they have the <laughs> same hair, at least. I actually thought you were going to bring in the cure to this and say that you thought their guitarist sounded close to, to uh, R.E.M.'s. No, I'm talking about good bands, not <laughs> crappy bands. I didn't mention the cure. <laughs> what do you got for us? Ooh. Okay, now this next band is my number one favorite metal band of all time. It doesn't matter matter what year, and that is the metal gods themselves, Judas Priest. I have uh, preached, I don't know how many times about this band and what this band means to me on a personal level. Uh, This band, their music, their lyrics, their lead singer, uh, their sound, their energy. It got me through some of the toughest times as a young Chang back in the 80s. I was doing a lot of bad things, but uh, a lot of ass-kicking, hard rock, great albums, uh, Sin After Sin, Rockarola, uh, Sad Wings of Destiny, Stained Glass. Uh, I mean, the, the, the albums that they put out just... I own every Judas Priest album that has ever come out, even the ones that we're not too, that, too that rock and rolling. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've got uh, Turbo Lover. I went to that tour. wasn't one of my favorites. You know, Rob, if you're listening, I'm sorry. It got a little weird for me, but <laughs> I still went, and you guys are still the metal gods. Now, this song that I am going to play next is a song off of Screaming for Vengeance. That was one of the first concerts of that band that i went to go see and i was sold from that day on i think i saw the priest 
a total of seven times in my life, including the US Festival, which I think they kicked the crap out of everybody that played at the US Festival. Now, this song coming up is called Pain and Pleasure. And I'm going with these uh, certain songs to get uh, the feeling out uh, of that young kind of sexual drive with this song with Pain and Pleasure, 22 Akeisha Avenue from Maiden, and Live Wire from Motley Crue. So let's get it together. Let's get meddled up, and let's crank on some Judas Priest with Pain and Pleasure off of the 1982 album Screaming for Vengeance. You keep it locked and loaded to Toscano and Chang because we are back to the 80s, and you are getting rocked by K-Hits. Not a two five. Okay, welcome back to Back to the Eighties. Chang here of Toscano and Chang. We are shooting the breeze with a couple of uh, great bands that we're talking about, both from the alternative uh, rock genre from uh, Mister Toscano and some of my metal classic favorites from me, the Chang, here at Back to the 80s. Australian rock band In Excess released their first single from their 1987 album, Kick. Love this band. Need you tonight from In Excess. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about This is Back to the 80s. That was Need You Tonight by NXS from the 1987 album Kick. Now, this was one of those songs that made them absolutely huge here in the United States, of course. It's also being played today. NXS, another one of those bands that was just ahead of its time. You put that music today and it just fits, man. It just fits. It, it's sad that that band uh, had to meet its demise the way it do it, it did with the uh, loss of life to uh, Michael Hutchins. Yeah, was that dynamic lead singer. I mean, the dude was gorgeous. Like, he could probably have any chick in the world back then. Uh, it was just very sad that the way he passed away and the way that band uh, ended up uh, having to leave the airwaves. I know they did get another singer uh, for a while. I believe it was on a TV show that they found this cat, but I don't think. I don't think it grew legs and carried away too much. Right. Well, as, I mean, we've uh, we've talked about this before. a few times before. You know, anytime you have a band that makes a mark and that becomes something, especially bands like NXS, and this song in particular, Need You Tonight, it was one of their last songs recorded for their album, and it would arguably become the band's signature song. And then mm-hmm. you take out the take out the singer, the front man, and then right. for you to bring in another singer, what's what's going to happen? It's nothing but a recipe for disaster because people are always going to be comparing. I mean, very few bands, yeah. very few bands that I know of, bro. And one of those that I'm thinking of uh, is Journey. One of those that is very few <laughs> bands that can actually get a singer that wasn't the original mm-hmm. and is somewhat acceptable, right? In this case, well, he's got the vocal. Well, in this case, with you know Arnie Pineda, of course, Mowgli. Yeah, he sings just (laughs) like Steve Perry. Then you get a band of the stature and height of Queen, and then you put in this kid who came out from talent contest, Adam Lambert, right? 
They're going to choose somebody right. who can sing. What I'm saying is for you to become what you were, it's it's not anymore. You lost that right. guy. People go see uh, a journey because they're so attached to the voice of Steve Perry. And right. they've got Ar- Arnel Panetta. And now they've learned to accept him. You know, if you had Mark Martell go with Queen, I bet you, I bet you anything, Queen would be very close to what it used to be. I understand what, you know, how, uh, how you feel and how a lot of our listeners may feel when uh, a band that we favor loses the lead singer and we get somebody new. Right. It's just not the same. Right. You know, when you're in a band, whether you have four, five, or six individuals, that band creates a sound because everybody's chemistry is right at the same place when they're making that track. I think a band's chemistry always changes when a new member joins the band or another member leaves that band, whether they pass away or they just leave. A little bit of that original essence is gone. Another one of the bands that did it in the past was Survivor. And he who, sounds very and similar. And he sounds very, very similar. So he was accepted and the band Survivor was known as, you know, as Survivor. Survivors, the second band, the second frontman died of cancer. The first one stopped because he couldn't sing anymore. He's still alive. He just can't sing yeah. anymore. It's like Foreigner. I mean, Foreigner got a new lead singer and he sounds exactly like the original lead singer. I mean, it's hard to tell them apart. You could say the same with Sticks, but all Sticks did was uh, Tommy is singing and uh, uh, Dennis DeYoung left the band. So it, it's very similar. Uh, but it, it, that point, like I made earlier, is true to, true to the touch. When a, when a member leaves, the, a part of that essence leaves with it. We're going to take a short little break. This is Back to the 80s Radio. When we come back, special guest Brian Curtis of bad attitude stick around now if it's totally tubular rad or awesome it's on back to the 80s are you a man but turned off by monster trucks have you ever watched desperate housewives of beverly hills have you forgotten how to scratch yourself if so talk to your doctor because you could be one of the 10 million men suffering in silence from a condition known as menopause Menopause afflicts men over the age of 40 and men who are married and is one of the leading causes of depression, loss of manliness, and the popularity of movies starring Channing Tatum. But there is hope. Girly Mandamore. Girly Mandamore has been scientifically and clinically proven to increase manliness. Talk to your doctor and see if Girly Mandamore is right for you. Girly Mandamore should be used only as directed by your physician. Possible side effects may include death, sudden loss of limbs, temporary disembowelment, rage, clammy hands, hairy palms, hearing voices, busy signals, projectile vomiting, constant diarrhea, permanent constipation, extreme attraction to squirrels, and fear of walking. Girly Mandamore is not for men who are pregnant or who may become pregnant. Do not take Girly Mandamore if you have hands or if you're currently taking any other medication. So talk to a doctor or call now for a free trial. Girly Mandamore, also available in a topical cream. But that's just wrong. Hello, this is the doctor speaking. I detect a large amount of social media usage in your life. And hence, I am recommending you go back to the 80s. If you can't wear a spandex jumpsuit, what can you do? This is... Back, back to the 80s. 
This is the one and only Back to the 80s radio show. I'm Toscano from Toscano and Chang. With us today, as we just promised, we have Brian Curtis from the awesome band Bad Attitude. Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here on Back to the 80s radio. Hey, it's my pleasure, Mario. Thanks for having me. So let me ask you this, Brian. Are you an introvert? So somebody who's really reserved and uh, just kind of shy? Or, or were you always the life of the party and extroverted, you know? I'm definitely an extrovert, you know, the life of the party, kind of the, you know, loud guy in the room, I guess you could say, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When was it that you knew that you wanted to be uh, a a career entertainer? You know, Mario, I think that would have to, if I were to think back, it's probably when I, before I was even a teenager, I saw Kiss on the Midnight Special. I think it was like around 1978, right when they first got started. When I saw that, I knew that's that that's what I wanted to do. You knew that's what you wanted to do. Yep. Every musician is always asked, and I'm I'm going to ask you this one as well: who their influence was. Now, you just mentioned Kiss. Was that what influenced you, or what motivated you to to kick this all off? I, you know, I think so. I, um, seeing Kiss on stage and the energy and and the fans and the, the excitement that they had and what they brought. Uh, just really moved me and you know that that pretty much kicked off my musical career absolutely as you grow in the musical career do you remember what age it was when you started your first band i think i started my first band at like at age 13 oh very young what instrument did you play back then also the guitar i played guitar yeah i did sure did guitar was there a particular musician from even before the rock days that you really enjoyed or that Maybe they played at home that you really, you know, that you really pretty much liked. Uh, well, yeah, my my dad my dad played guitar, and so I had access to his guitar and amplifier and 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 microphone and stuff like that. So you know, I, it helped me get started in my first band. So I had a couple of instruments, and I was able to have guys over at the house, and we kind of put together, you know, our first garage band. Wow. Now, when you recall those times, let's take last year for COVID, during COVID. I know a lot of people got very emotional, sentimental, and nostalgic for going back to better times. Did that happen to you as well? Because I, we know it happened to us here because that's why we started this whole Back to the 80s stuff. Yeah, you know, Mario, it was a really tough time because I'm still playing out. I'm still playing music almost every weekend here in Austin and... um it, if things just came to a halt, you know, they shut down the bars, they shut down everything and our calendars were full. Um, and it was, it, it was really tough. You know, a lot, a lot of guys quit playing. Uh, we knew that we would get through this and, um, now things are starting. Well, you know, things opened up for a while. Things are starting to tighten back up a little bit now, but, um, we're out there playing and entertaining folks, and um, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play in, as long as I possibly can. I love entertaining people. Oh, that's great to hear. We need to be entertained in times like this. Talk to us a little bit about now Bad Attitude. How did that all start? Well, that's a really good question also. You know, um, I was out in Hollywood. I went to the Musicians Institute um, uh, to the guitar uh, GIT program. And I was in a, you know, I was in a couple of Hollywood rock bands. Um, and there was one particular band that I guess will, will remain nameless, let's say for now. And, you know, we had some disagreements about some stupid band stuff. And they ended up kicking me out of the band. And, and they said it was because I had a bad attitude. 
So basically, nice. <laughs> so basically I love I bad myself, attitudes. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to show them. And I formed my own band and called it Bad Attitude. <laughs> Hell yes. Heavy metal, Hollywood Express genre. Somebody that fought the battle, lived the life, sex, drugs, rock and roll, long hair, Aquanet. <laughs> when FM radio kicked ass, when Tower Records was the place to oh, hang. Yeah. Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> Brother, sometimes, my friend, I can actually close my eyes. I can sense and smell everything about Hollywood Boulevard on a Saturday night past nine o'clock. Oh, yeah. The cars, the traffic, the breeze that sunset would let loose, the feel of the, the movement of the street, the lines at Gazari's, the lines at the Whiskey, the lines at the Roxy, the lines to get into the rainbow. What Chang just described, I had no idea because I was but a mere teen in, in the 80s. Uh, well, he just, he, just described, he just described it perfectly. Now, is that what it was like to the T? Absolutely. And we were, stand, we, were, we were a bunch of guys standing out there handing out tickets to our shows and demos. And, yes, and, and yes. we were out there doing it, man, just like what he just said. So now you mentioned that when you started Bad Attitude, it all came about because a certain unnamed band, we'll say, claimed that you had mm. a bad attitude. Um, what band was this? Well, I was hope this it a was a band that was, I challenged a band. <laughs> now, I was going to say, was this a band that Chang himself challenged to a duel back in the eighties because they That's right. because Axel Rose flicked a cigarette at his shoe? That's right, Brian. True story, Brian. <laughs> True story, Brian. I'm going to leave those guys out of this, okay? All right, still, no problem. We're, we're all buddies again. Oh, okay. Nice. Well, when you formed Bad Attitude, do you remember exactly the year it was? I think it was 1987. Nice. Great year. Great year. As a matter of fact, that's Great my year. favorite year. A lot, lot of cool things happened in 1987. So you start the band. Did you immediately know who you were going to uh, form the band with? Oh, yeah, absolutely, Mario. I am... Um, I had met a drummer through a friend, through a you know a mutual friend of mine. Um, like I said, I was going to the Musicians Institute, so there was a there was a buddy of mine that was a great guitar player, and that's a whole other story. Actually, I before I moved to Hollywood, I was playing in a top forty band, and we traveled <laughs> all over, we traveled all over the United States, and we were up in Anchorage, Alaska, playing. Oh wow! And, and I met a guy up there named Lonnie Mead. And we ran into each other at Musicians Institute. And he's like, hey, man, I remember you from Anchorage. And so we became buddies again. And, um, and, and he played guitar. He was a great guitar player. So he, he was one of the original members of Bad Attitude. Um, my drummer, Ian Flanders, he was a good friend of mine that, that I met probably, I think, my second night in town through another friend of mine. Uh, we met Frank Rich through uh, through those same guys, our, our bass player, and I mean it was just a you know we didn't even hold audition. We knew right away that we had the we had the the perfect four guys, and it just clicked right from the very beginning. Joining a band is like a band of brotherhood. It becomes like a gang, a scenario, a yeah. click. Uh, uh, you know, you become one with uh, uh, each other, and I think that's because the souls connect musically, emotionally. So you feel kinship like a blood kind of personal bond relation. So when you break out in a band, the music that you put out and the image you portray 
is an expression of what you guys feel as a family. You're all on the same level. You want to go full throttle, push it out there. And that's why I always think the long-haired metal uh, uh, connection is deep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we knew from the very first time that we had our very first rehearsal that, that, that this was going to be something good. And then, you know, we rehearsed our butts off and our, when we did our first show and we saw the reaction from the fans, we knew that we had something and we just, and, and we just went for it from there. It was, it was definitely, definitely a brotherhood, like you're saying. Where was your yeah. first show? Uh, the, first, the first show was at uh, the Troubadour. Nice, beautiful place. Remember, Doug Weston's Troubadour. Oh, yeah. I mean, you go in there and it's like when the lights are on, it looks like the cheap library with paneling. You know, when you have red all over, you have baseball bleachers. Uh, you feel where I'm going with this, Brian. But oh, then yeah. at, at night, it's magnetic. The bar brings life. The seating comes to life. It's almost like you're in your own neighborhood personal arena. Uh-huh. Kind of gives you the vibe of like being a live stand-up comic or something of Simon and Garfunkel. It's you, the fake brick wall, and all the people out there just wanting to get into you and grab that vibe. Right. And if you um if, and for the fans out there, if you go to YouTube and you check and you uh and you put in bad attitude live at the Roxy. Dude, great you're, show. You're going to see some great live videos from that era. I mean, we used to take all of our, you know, all of our tickets. Instead of selling our tickets, we would give them away to all the hot chicks on the street. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Well, that's I how I, you, I would assume that that's how it works. <laughs> brother, I was there. Hey, <laughs> so, Toscano, I used to go, hey, man, give me a couple of tickets, man. And they would be, they'd look at me like, you're going to come in here and bash heads and get chicks. Metal was all about the connection, female or male. Correct, my brother? Oh, that's right. We would sell our tickets to the guys and give them to the girls. Yes, you rat bastards. And you probably <laughs> sold me tickets because I was so damn horny back there in 87. <laughs> you talked a little bit before about family and how everybody became like a family. Uh-huh. Now, going back to the real family, did did family play a role in you forming the band or, or getting maybe the, the courage to go ahead and start and, and remain, you know, in what you wanted to do? Well, you know, Mario, absolutely. You know, my family's always been very supportive. My parents bought me my first guitar and amp. You know, I was telling you that a minute ago about my dad playing guitar. Yeah. And they helped me along the way, of course, especially when I, when I, when I first moved out to Hollywood. And, uh, but I have to say, you know, my wife has been my biggest supporter. You know, she's been with me since the bad attitude days and she's always supported me. She still comes to all my gigs every weekend with me. You know, Excellent. She, she's definitely my she's definitely my biggest fan. <laughs> and your first album is called Bad Attitude as well, correct? That's it. So I heard a song that now I like I said before, I'm totally the opposite of Chang in some things. And one of those things watch is watch where you're going I do. with this. You better watch where you're going. <laughs> I do love the your, ballads uh, and with your eighties hat on. That's right. You have a song called What About You, Girl, which we're going to hear in a little while. Yes. And it's a good track. Very good it's, track. It's a track that is very reminiscent of the days. It, I feel that it has a mix between, uh, you know, the poison. It's got a little flavor of poison, a little flavor of Motley Crue. Yes. It's got, yeah, you know, it's got the, what I would call, it's got the 80s flavor. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, this is just the back end to my actual question the music that we have today how is it that a band from the 80s 
can bring back that same melody, that same feel, that same 80s flavor in 2021? Can that be done? Well, you know, there's a lot of good music that's still coming out today, but, you know, uh, yes. I just don't think that they, you know, they just don't write them like, like we did back in the 80s no. anymore. I don't know. It's, that's, a, that's a really tough question, you know, like, like Chang was saying, I, you know, um, I don't want to bash on, on new music because there's a lot of music out there that I, that I really do like. But, um, you know, I, I'm not hearing anything like what, like, like the rat, the docking, the Motley Crue, the yes, exactly. bad attitude, the stuff that we did back then, it was just a different time. Uh, you know, I don't know if it would go over today if a new band did it. I think that's why people want to go back and hear and hear what we did, you know, because they miss, a lot of people missed that time. They, they, right. they, weren't, they weren't around then. And to hear it now, it, it's just not the same as, as, you know, as it was back then, I guess. You know, you, you, know? Made, a, you made a very good point, Chang. We've talked Excellent about this many, many times that – even, you know, a lot of our listeners, believe it or not, we've got like 15% of our listeners are under the age of 30. And yes. these are people that have no idea what it was to live in the 80s. They're hearing this music and a lot of the music, and maybe you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the music from the 80s is still relevant today, both in lyrics, also in music. You're listening to Back to the 80s.
This is One and Only Back to the 80s. I'm Toscano. We are here with Brian Curtis from Bad Attitude. And this is a track that has turned out to be my favorite track from at least five or six that I've heard so far. Talk to me a little bit about the ballad that we just heard. Well, thanks a lot for the compliments there, Mario. Um, that, guitar- that song was was written, you know, about a, about an old girlfriend. But, you oh, know, I mean, bitches. I guess you can probably... You can tell that just yep. from the lyrics. But yep. That's, I mean, that's what it's all about. That's what inspires us to write a lot of these. A lot of these songs that we write is romance, uh, heartache, good times. You know, you got songs about Hard good times, times, good you times, got times. Songs yeah. about hey, bad times. Right. Hey, hey, Brian. You know what surprises me? We don't get that same feel from music today. Okay, I'm not. This is my opinion. A lot of the lyrics were not written by the bands themselves. And if they are, they've never lived through them. And that is that's a great, that's a great point. You know, that is, yes, true. I I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the credits on a lot of songs, mm-hmm. a lot of times people get record deals and, you know, they don't, they're not even the, the real songwriter. I mean, yeah. a lot, a lot of people can pull it off and you think that they, that they live these experiences, but uh, you know, all the songs that we wrote, that I wrote though, those, those were, we wrote those songs and then I wrote all those lyrics and that those were true experiences that we exactly <laughs> those songs that you wrote and the heartfelt that came out with you put those lyrics to music and all of you were on the same page, but living that same vibe and that same feeling to whatever instrument you portrayed you, uh, you know, with the vocals and you can all understand that, you know, great songs and good songs, memorable songs, are always those of the true heart. The more you come from your own heart and your own experience is going to captivate more and more people in such a magnitude in a way that you are going to be immortal forever. Every one of our songs is, is it, it evolved from a true story. There's a story behind every one of our songs. You know, I've got, we've got a song called, Uh, I won't settle for nothing less. I won't settle for second best. You know, we've got, uh, what about you, girl? We've got another one hanging on. You know, I keep hanging on to your love. Uh, We've got another one. I'm just, you know, action. I want some action. You know, every every song has has a story behind it. You've got songs like uh, Never Gonna Let You Go. You've got songs like I'm the only one for you. These are songs that we, re- like I told you in the, in our LinkedIn brief conversation, 
it's stuff that we we kind of need again. And well, I hope so, and I hope they go out and all, they all they 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 love our songs and and they tell all their friends and let's get this going. Let's let's bring this music back. Like you guys said, this these are songs that people aren't writing songs like this anymore. And these are all hey ladies, these songs were all inspired by y'all. So yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there you, you, you know, you look at the icons that we grew up with, you know, and you look at uh, the family of rock and roll. And, you know, it came from Great Britain. It came from here. It came from there. We had a great bands like ACDC, Loudness, uh, the magnitude of, uh, of earthquake music that we as we sit here and talk as one. The music that we created from Hollywood and Southern California, uh, bands like Journey, uh, the the explosion of rock and roll. I think was something greater than any type of leadership that we've ever seen politically or socially. It's an explosion of love, understanding, acceptance, and unifying. And I think if we all captivated to where we were at in the 80s, my brother, we would have a much better world and a much better country. That's that's some pretty heavy stuff there, Chang. That's great. That's that's you know, there's a lot of truth to what you're saying there. You know, those those were great times. And, you know, I wish, you know, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade anything of what we did. I have no regrets. We 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 lived it. We did it. Those were great times. Yes. So if time travel were possible, okay, Mm, And, and you could go back to the 80s for a time, what would you do? I would definitely bang on some more record company doors and, you know, maybe just try a little bit harder, I guess. Amen, brother. Amen. You know, it's a really tough business. You know, like I said a second ago, we, 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 we tried our best. We, 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 we did it. We played some great shows and, you know, we have a lot of great memories and, you know, really guys, I, you know, we have no regrets. Are you still singing with the band? What, so any, what's going on with Bad Attitude now? Uh, well, you know, we're, I'm I'm still in touch with all the with all the guys on Facebook and everything. We're all you, you know, a couple back, of guys brother. are still out in California. One guy's down in Houston. Lonnie's down in Houston. I'm here in Austin. Oh, nice. Um, we, 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 we you know we get together. I see those guys whenever I can. Whenever I'm out in California, and uh, but we you know we haven't been doing any any concerts or anything. But we're really excited about this. You know this. Uh, the lost track of the eighties episode that's coming out and then, and being on your show, of course, tonight. And, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You know, things could get sparked back up. We might end up on one of those, uh, one of those rock cruises, you know, they got the, they got right. The, the, right. Brian, on a side note, what's your favorite song of all time? Do you have a favorite? Oh my goodness. That's, that's a tough question. Could be your I own. Want to rock and roll all night. Oh, yes. Nice. Party every day. Oh yes. The, the rock you know national what, anthem. We lived that life. <laughs> we of the eighties did live that life, bro. Way beyond seventy eight when that track came out. Brian, it's been great to have you on the show. I'm hoping for the best. I really want to see Bad Attitude make a tour around Southern California one of these days because you can rest assured you'll have some fans waiting to hear what bad attitude has has in store we would love nothing more you guys and and all our fans out there would would love to see that again just make sure that you 
that you look that when you're when you're out there looking for bad attitude that you that you find the right one because there's been a couple of there's been a couple of imitators called themselves bad attitude since we were around so yeah i've read the stories trust yeah. me yeah yeah not, hey, not, hey, Brian, not the same. you know what hey brian my wife when i look in the mirror she's behind me she's referred to me as bad attitude so every now and then i'll break <laughs> into one of your tracks and she'll look at me and she was like nah dude nah and i was like well Hell, get the Aquanet out and let's make this a party. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Brian, do me a favor. Do you have information that you might want to give out for for fans so they can go listen to you? Check out uh, Bad Attitude on on Amazon Music. We're on Spotify. Well, all of our songs are on on YouTube. Uh, Like I said, if you just put in Bad Attitude, there's a lot of stuff that comes up. You know, there's Meatloaf had a song called Bad Attitude. Honeymoon Sweet had a song called Bad Attitude. But if you dig deep enough, look for our photo. The four good-looking guys, like you said, Shane. Oh, hot, man. If um, I was gay, you'd all be my bitches. (laughs) And and I think when you find us, you'll know it's us. Definitely. Let's uh, try to make it a plan. But in the meantime, this is Back to the 80s Radio. You've heard Brian Curtis, Bad Attitude. Hey, Brian, meddle up, brother. Woo! (laughs) Welcome, mateys fans. I have been expecting you. You no longer need to listen to any other podcast. You... Want the 80s, don't you? The longing for it is swelling in you now. Feel the memories coming to you and listen to Back to the 80s. Give in to nostalgia. With each passing moment, you make yourself more of an 80s fan. It is unavoidable. It is your destiny. You don't know the power of Back to the 80s. You, like your childhood, are now mine. (laughs) Now, back to good, wholesome, politically correct entertainment. Oops, wrong station. <clears throat> now, back to the 80s with Toscano and Chang. Welcome back to Back to the 80s. Chang here of Toscano and Chang. We are going through a list of some of our favorite artists back in the 80s. Uh, I'm going to hit you with this next uh, lead singer. Uh, he sang with a band named Rainbow, which Rainbow had so many different singers between the 70s and the 80s. I'd say probably at least four lead singers. Uh, this lead singer also fronted Black Sabbath uh, during the Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules reign. Uh, this uh, individual went out and started his own band and named it after his own name. I'm talking about the late, great Rodney James Deal. You cannot go wrong with with uh, cranking on anything from Deal. Uh, I remember when he uh, debuted with uh, Rainbow and uh, he came out with The Man on the Silver Mountain. I mean, my God, the way he just screamed that thing. It was it was almost like going to church for a hard rocker. Uh, then when he came out with Sabbath, I mean, he nailed it. I've always kind of liked uh, the Dio Sabbath 
a little bit over the Aussie Sabbath, but I do love the Aussie Sabbath and a lot of praise because Sabbath is another band like Judas Priest that started the uh, the footwork to create what we know is heavy metal. But I thought Dio had a, a better vocal range than Ozzy, but uh, Ozzy could play the harp. Now, Dio, uh, sad that he passed away of cancer, uh, and he wasn't even really that old. I was very fortunate to meet Ronnie James Dio and have a conversation with him. Uh, when we were watching Tesla, we went backstage, and uh, me and my buddies from Wicked Relish uh, got to sit back there and we had a very long conversation with Dio and Tesla, uh, with Rudy Sarzo, other other musicians. I'm not going to give their names, but uh, very enlightening uh, talking to Dio. Uh, a lot of people would think that, you know, when he, he gave the uh, heavy metal horns, a lot of people say that is a sign of the devil when it's not, in fact, at all a sign of the devil. Correct. It is a religious sign uh, that uh, his grandmother used to give him to ward off evil spirits. Right. It's an Italian so thing. And bit. I can tell you that yeah. firsthand because my dad used to do that all the time. My grandparents okay, so used yeah. to do that all the time. That's from very, very, that comes from old tradition in Italy. Mm -hmm. You know, when they get like a bad look, you know, they would, they would call it uh, the evil eye. And if mm -hmm. somebody looked at you in a bad way, they gave you the evil eye, they would think that, you know, that's bad luck coming towards you. So they'd give that horn sign in rebuke of that evil lie so traditions yeah. but you're right absolutely you're right about that and dio oh my gosh dio is one of my favorites i love i didn't like the album art just because i was more a little bit more on the religious uh side so it did it did kind of scare me in a way some of their stuff but man i couldn't i couldn't avoid dio because dio to me his voice was just so powerful so attractive oh, and i, yeah. I love dio oh yeah I saw Dio with Sabbath twice, and I saw Dio uh, twice on his solo tours. And uh, I got to say, probably the best memory I have of going to see Dio was uh, 19, I want to say 80, I want to say 84. Uh, I went with my best friend who no longer is alive, uh, Remy Barraza. God rest your soul, my brother. I will see you again. Uh, we both went to that concert. It was Remy's birthday. We had front row seats and uh, we got all the way up to the little barricade that was you know with right the, before with the stage the, with yeah. the big, right before the stage with the guys in the yellow jackets yeah and i'll never forget uh me and my buddy were, were singing along with dio and dio pointed at my best friend and he pointed at him he did the fist and then he did the devil horns right and i was i was just totally blown away and i looked at my buddy and i was like hey dude dio Dio saw you. He, you know, you made eye contact with him, and he was like, "Yeah, that was great." What do you? Why do you think that is? I said, "Because he's short and you're short. You're probably <laughs> the two shortest mothers in this whole place." So he identified with you. But, yeah, uh, yeah, he was, was short. A great show, man. T to be there with my best friend, and then uh, a couple of later's to lose my best friend. It, 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 emotions. Uh, uh, I get very emotional when I crank on any kind of uh, music from Dio. It, it takes me back uh, to that time that I got to spend with my best friend who's no longer here. But tonight, I am going to play a song, not from uh, his solo project, but from the number one album in 1980, and that is Heaven in Hell. 
And that is the soundtrack that I am going to play. You are listening to K-Hits 92.5, and you are on the hang with Toscano and Chang. We are going to take it back to the Sabbath days with Black Sabbath, with Heaven and Hell, with the late, great Rodney James Dio, right here at K-Hits 92.5. All right, cats, you are back with Toscano and Chang. We are winding down. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview and you're enjoying the rock and roll and the list of some of our great bands that we are bringing to you. Hopefully some of you are vibing in the same way that we are, that maybe these are some of the more favorite bands that you also got a a big kick out of listening to. And you know what? Hit us on our Facebook page. Hit us uh, on our Instagram page. Hit us at Back to the 80s. Hit us at khits 925 Hit us wherever you can hit us. And give us maybe a list of your favorite band or your favorite artist. Uh, maybe give us a, a couple of your favorite songs from that artist. And we will play them on khits 925 Because we at khits 925 want to bring the listener in just as much as me, Tusky, and the rest of the jocks are bringing in the music because we do what we do for you. Right. We would not be here talking if it wasn't for you. So join us. Let's make the radio station one for the people. My next and final pick for this week is a song by the British new wave slash alternative rock band, modern English. And it was from their album after the snow modern English bringing you. I melt with you only on Back to the 80s Radio. Back to the 80s Radio. This is Toscano from Toscano and Chang from their 1982 album, After the Snow. That was Modern English and I Melt With You. It became the band's most Mm. successful single. Chang, largely in the really? United States. Yeah, largely mm. here in the U.S., and it was featured in the film Valley Girl and on oh. your favorite channel oh, and mine, man. MTV. It even well, reached number seven on Billboard's mainstream rock chart in 1983. Well, there's three strikes for me. <laughs> re-released, and it reached number 76 on their Hot 100 chart. Can you believe that? No, that's a three striker for me. Strike number one, Billboard Rock Chart. <laughs> strike number two, MTV liked them. Strike number three, those guys look like a bunch of high school nerd wussies. Stop hating. Stop hating. Gosh. The band's vocalist, Robbie Gray, described England at that time that the song was written. Robbie. And it was, he said that it was, uh, England was a, a bleak place due to a, an ongoing economic downturn. He said there was no money, there was no power, you'd, you'd be home with candles, and, uh, you know, his fears of, of nuclear war inspired the song, I Melt With You. Mm. So that's pretty good. I mean, come on, these these songs are from so many years you know, so many years ago, and these these songs are super super popular today. Especially, yes. what is that in the background? Yeah. I see in the background you have a poster for Modern English after the snow. What? What signed? No, signed no, by Robbie yes. Gray. Yes, uh, as a matter of fact, Jeez. yes, 
I stole it from uh, my hairdresser. I thought you were going to say you stole it from my room. <laughs> <laughs> I stole it from your room. Your son gave it to me. Exactly. <laughs> I can't get rid of this wussy-ass poster. Okay, I'm going to slice up another great metal track of my past, another great favorite band of mine. Slice With it. another uh, leading member that is no longer with us and a member that I also met at the Rainbow uh, during my stand-up comedy reign. And I'm talking about Motorhead. I thought you were going to say Polly Shore. Lemmy Killmeister. <laughs> what were you going to say? I thought you were going to say Polly Shore. <laughs> oh, Polly Shore is an ass and a weasel. There, I said it. And if anybody wants to tell him that I said that, tell him I said that, and tell him he could find me right here at Back yeah, I, to the 80s. I was going to say, and if anybody wants to fight you for that, they're more than you'd be more than happy to oblige. Oh man, you know if I could get Polly Shore uh, on the corner of Sunset and just slap the crap out of him <laughs> one time, I mean, my God, I could just die and go to heaven the very next day. All right, who's your we'll band? See. Who's your band? Now this uh, this track is from Motorhead. Okay, and uh, oh, this is one of my favorite tracks because this is exactly how I used to feel when I was very chaotic and fearless as a young man. This track is called Killed by Death, right here at the one and only Back to the 80s radio show, and we are cranking it live up here at K-Hits 92.5. Taking it home with Motorhead. <laughs> We are back to back to the 80s radio, Toscano and Chang, right here for your listening pleasure. We are talking to Toscano with some of his most memorable, I don't know if they're his favorite, but most memorable acts of the alternative genre back in the 80s. And I, the Chang, am slicing up everybody's uh, ears with some metal of the 80s some of my favorite bands yes you I are. know uh, you're probably you're going to be sitting there listening going man this is just like ear candy because i'm hitting you strong and toscano is hitting you soft toscano is kissing you on the cheek yeah and i am tonguing you <laughs> with the kind of music that's what we are doing today you are getting tongue banged by the chang and you are getting <laughs> careless kisses Kitty kisses from Toscano. Careless kisses. <laughs> Careless kisses. Uh, it sounds like a wham song. We are Careless the kisses. Toscano and Chang is kind of like the Cheech and Chong, minus the marijuana for one of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like their lo long lost love child. Yes. We're kind of like, uh, I'd say, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Yes. Yes, without the money. Without the money. <laughs> That's all we need. And without the alcohol baggage. <laughs> <laughs> Neither one of us are luscious. Well, you've been, you've been listening to the one and only Back to the 80s radio show here on khits92.5.com. This is the part of the show where we talk about what made us angry back in the 80s. Only we've changed the name. And in honor of the most wondrous Chang, we now call them Changry. So, Chang, what made you changry in the 80s? You know what made me changry back in the 80s? That I could get a bag of chips, and when I opened it, half the bag was air, and the other half was chips. 
You know what else got me angry back in the 80s? What? When somebody goes, hey, have you ever tried a donut hole? <laughs> and I thought to myself, why are you calling it a donut hole? It's a donut ball. That's right. It is a donut ball. Shouldn't it be called donut balls? You know what else gets me angry back what? in the 80s? What's that? I was carded more times in one night than most people get carded in a year. You know what else gets me angry? Getting whistled at by Asian men who thought I was an Asian young lady. And that, ladies and gentlemen, has been this week's Changries. If you have something that made you angry or Changry back in the 80s and you want to share with Toscano and Chang here, go ahead and send us a note through our Facebook page. Send it to our messenger. And the following week, we'd be more than happy to read them out loud and give you a shout out. In the meantime, I am Toscano. Wishing you a happy week. Get ready for Thanksgiving because there's a lot to be thankful for. And in spite of some of the bad stuff that goes around all around us in society. Have a great week. Be safe and do something good because it comes around. Chang here. Before I release you to another Chang-tastic weekend, I want you to remember to stay lifted and gifted. Remember, we only have one life to live, so go out there and live it to the best of your ability. Don't let no one get you down. Stand up for something bigger than yourself or stand up for somebody that can't. I want to wish you all a great weekend. Stay safe and sane. Please do not drink and drive. We do not want something to happen to you or put the lives of others in jeopardy. I bid you all an adios. An arrivederci, an hasta la vista, an hasta mañana, an hasta luego, a sayonara, and to all my homies in the barrios, orale vato. Take me back.